Hi guys, thank you for joining me again. This is part two on Mackenzie Lewick. So this is kind of um, the update and just some discussion points that I wanted to go over. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining me. So there were some developments this last week. Um, AJ pled, pleaded guilty to, to um, aggravated homicide. And in exchange for that guilty plea, they took the death penalty off the table. I think that that was probably pretty smart. I think that their case against him was so solid that the death penalty would probably have been um, absolutely what was going to happen to him. So I think that he made um, the right choice by admitting that he killed her. And now he's going to just be in prison for the rest of his life and no possibility of parole. Um, another thing that what came to light, which I mean, I think we all probably already knew this, but he admitted to planning her murder well in advance. Okay. In fact, they met, they started chatting in 2018. And I think it was at that point that AJ probably decided that he was going to kill Mackenzie. Um, he didn't say when he started or when he started thinking about that, but my guess is probably about the time he started talking to her, he, he had a pretty good idea that she was, um, she was going to meet that fate. Let's see. In April 2019, just a couple of months before Mackenzie meets him, okay, he asks a contractor to come to his house and to look at the home. He wants a secret room to be built in his home. And, you know, I guess people can do secret rooms for like, you know, the bug out rooms or what, whatever. But this was like a little bit more than that. So he wanted it to be completely soundproof. He wanted to make sure that the doors, had, there were secret doors with like the fingerprint locks. And this is the part that really like freaks me out. He wanted hooks on up towards the ceiling. Like why would you need hooks in a room like that? And this was like... Even the contractor was like, what the hell? Like, I want no part of this. So the contractor was like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do this. And AJ was super persistent, like extremely persistent with the guy. Like, dude, I want this done. Like, when can we do it? When can we do it? And the contractor kept kind of coming up with excuses why he couldn't do it. And it just felt so wrong to him that he finally was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this for the guy. So thank you. God, he did not do this because I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah, I just can't even imagine. Thank you. Thank you for following your gut. I think you did the right thing. Um, also, AJ had a cleaning lady come in. Um, she was hired to clean his house. And she she said that she came in and he would tell her, like, why don't you bring your 12-year-old daughter? Like, he would request for her to bring her 12-year-old daughter while she was cleaning, which is weird. Like, if somebody was like, hey, bring your daughter, bring your daughter, I have a 12-year-old, and that, I would be like, hell no. There's no way. Like, that would creep me out pretty bad. So, I'm glad she didn't do that. I'm glad she didn't. Um, she said that, yeah, she was weirded out by it. And she said that he was really charming, but, like, a creepy charming, kind of like how I described she said he was charming like what you would expect Ted Bundy to be like. Um, also, he had cameras all over his home, like in every single room. But what was like the weirdest part to her was that his his bedroom had like tons of cameras and they were all pointed at the bed. So she was like, this guy's freaking weird. So she got out of there. Um, 
Also, another thing about the cameras that I thought was kind of weird. So he has surveillance cameras all over his home. He actually shut off the surveillance cameras so that nobody could track that Mackenzie had been at the home. So I think to me that's just another bit of evidence. He shut those off. He did not want anyone to know that Mackenzie was coming. So it wasn't like sex gone wrong. It wasn't like a spur of the moment he got angry kind of thing. It was premeditated. He turned those cameras off knowing he was going to bring this girl, knowing she was going to go missing. So I just think that that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I also think that that part, that third party text app that we had talked about, I wonder if, you know, I, I can see the benefits of maybe her having that. It's safe for her to have it, not have strange men having her phone number all the time. But at the same time, I also wonder maybe he had her using the app so it wouldn't be traceable to him, or at least he thought that it wouldn't be traceable to him. So that's why he maybe asked her to use that app. I'm not sure. So it could have been an app she was already using, or maybe it was so that he could not be traced to her, or at least that's what he thought. It's kind of funny because that app probably was what got him caught. Um, another thing about AJ that creeps me out is that he had written a book about murder. Um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the book, but it's pretty freaking sick if you ask me. Um, and it was taken down from Amazon pretty quickly. But yeah, it, it's out there if you really want to find it. I'm not even going to say the title of the book because I just don't think that we need to give that guy our support in any capacity. So, But, it, but just the fact that he had written a book like that makes me kind of wonder. You know, I know people can write books that are, you know, thrillers and they don't go on to murder people. But, you know, this guy is in a pretty high profile case this girl's missing and we're finding out that he's like an author of this really psychotic book. So I felt like in that case, they're definitely relevant. Probably something he'd been thinking about most of his life. Maybe even something that happened to him as a child that he witnessed. Who knows? But I do think that like this is probably something that he'd been thinking about for a long time. Maybe it's even something he's done before or maybe this was something that was he was going to continue to do. I don't know. Like, I kind of just think that maybe a ser serial killer was born with this guy. Um, let's see. Okay, so Mackenzie's mom, she had texted Mackenzie. I don't, I want to say that I don't think I've heard exactly how quickly after Mackenzie texted her upon landing in uh, Salt Lake. But I do, I do wonder if it was later. I think that it must have been after three when the mom tried texting because Mackenzie's phone was powered off then. Because um, she, Mackenzie was texting AJ a couple times after she'd landed from Salt Lake. So I figure if she was able to text AJ, her phone was on and had a signal. So her mom's message would come through. So anyways, just something just in the timeline I thought I would add. I, I don't know what time her mom texted, but my guess would be sometime after three. So our Lyft driver, he was... Um, at first, a lot of social media people were like, oh, I bet you the Lyft driver killed that girl. Like everyone at first really thought he's the last person to see her. It's always like the last known person that sees somebody who <laughs> murdered him. Like this poor guy, it was probably pretty scary, pretty horrible for him uh, because he was like kind of a suspect. But there was records showing that he continued picking up. There was nothing abnormal about his, you know, his route he was doing exactly what he's supposed to do I'm sure that they probably interviewed people that he'd picked up to make sure that he didn't have some blonde pretty girl in the car with him 
So he was pretty quickly eliminated as a suspect. Um, he did say that when him and Mackenzie were driving to the park, that there, she seemed relaxed. She didn't seem nervous. She seemed like she was going to see a friend that she trusted. But he did say that he mentioned something about something being strange. And she kind of laughed and was like, well, probably not as strange as dropping me off at a park in the middle of the night. So even Mackenzie kind of thought that that was weird. And it was weird. So, But she assured the driver, hey, you know, I'm safe. So don't worry about me. I know the person that's picking me up. Okay, so it's really strange that Mackenzie's phone powered off at 2.59. Um, I guess that was like as soon as she got into the car. So I wonder why. Like I don't know if it's because it died. Uh, if I remember right, I think they said that it was manually powered off. So Mackenzie got into the car and turned it off. So I wonder, did he take it from her? Uh, did he tell her she had to turn it off? I do know or do feel that it was AJ's idea for that phone to turn off. So whether it was he forced her to or he took it from her and did it himself, he did not want that phone to ping at his house. He wanted no way for them to trace Mackenzie there because he was planning on killing her. Um, also, another weird thing is AJ gave away a mattress just right like right after Mackenzie went missing he gave it away for free and I remember that being like all over the news I never heard I can't remember hearing that they found or recovered the mattress but I do think that that probably I mean there's probably a reason that he wanted that mattress gone so it that's interesting I don't know if they ever found it though we need to we need to dig that up we need to see if we can find some information so if you know if they found the mattress let me know um, if I find any information, I'll put links to my resources so that you can you can kind of check that out yourself. And I'll put that on my website. That way, if you're um, uh, listening on my podcast, which by the way, thank you so much for, for listening on the podcast. I know there's a few of you out there that are doing that. So I will make sure having pictures and things like that on there, the website so you can see them. So super important to me to have that. Um, another thing is, is Mackenzie's um, ID. And her clothes were found in the Jordan River. And I remember hearing about that too. And that just made me sick. Um, yeah, just so sad. He just was like throwing her stuff everywhere. Trying to get rid of it. Uh, AJ was accused of sexual assault on a date. Um, he made advances on a woman once. And, she, you know, she was like, no way. And he got really aggressive and scary and mean. And he bit her several times. I mean, bad bites. So he was just... Yeah, just a cuckoo, like major cuckoo. And there were lots of assaults that came. Like people were like, yo, this guy's crazy. He was also um, convicted of or charged. I don't know if he was convicted yet or not, but charged with having child pornography on his phones or his, his computers. So, yeah, that's just kind of another, uh, yeah, just <laughs> he's sicko. Um but yeah, I, I really felt like the Salt Lake Police Department did a really great job investigating. I know a lot of people were getting frustrated. They weren't getting information fast enough. I felt like they were really good. And you have to know, sometimes the police, they put out information that is helpful to the case. And sometimes they keep information in that is helpful to the case. So just because they're silent, just because, you know, not a whole, it doesn't seem like a whole lot's going on. They are working. Like I promise you, these detectives, this is their this is their life. Like this is their life work. This is what they do. Their mission is to 
bring closure to families or to find people and bring them home. Like that is what they want to do. And I promise you, they do not want to take these, these cases to a cold case. Like they just don't want that to happen. So I feel like they did a great job. Uh, Mike Brown, I believe his name is, he, oh, you could just see the emotion on him. And he, this, this case really wore on him. You could just see it. Um, when he talked about finding Mackenzie, it just really get your heartstrings. Like our police officers are doing their very best, you guys. And we just need to like, yo guys, thank you so much. Cause it's a tough job. It is a tough job when you, I mean, you have a missing person. I'm sure that there's a whole lot of learning about them that they do. They get to the point that they feel like they know them, right? They're meeting with their families. There you get emotionally invested in these people and to find their body or to have a bad outcome. Like that's got to be devastating. It's got to be hard to disconnect when you go home. So anyways, just, they did a great job. I was super impressed. Um, they use digital forensics throughout this case. Like, I mean, it was largely digital forensics if that's the word for it, that ultimately led them to AJ. And of course, there was like, you know, the DNA and all that that stuff, which is super important. But like, I think that the digital forensics is something that we're going to see more and more of, which is exciting to me. I think that's so neat. So anyways, and I think it's funny because he was this IT tech and he was so smart and he was going to get away with this murder because he's smarter than the cops. But it was all digital stuff that like really got him into trouble. So AJ, you really were not as smart as you thought. And I hope that that serves as a warning for people who think that they can outsmart the police. You just can't. They are always, they know. Like that. their jobs are to know who you are. They're able to profile you. They know just what kind of a person you are by the crimes that you're committing. Just think about that, okay? Before you decide to commit crimes. Like just don't do it, okay? Um... Yeah, so I also admire Mackenzie's family. Um, they were really private and quiet. Um, she had some friends in her sorority that she's part of that were really, really loud, that really made sure that people knew who Mackenzie was. They really wanted to make sure that she was shown in a positive light, and they really just kept her face in the media. You you heard about Mackenzie every single day because of her friends, so I think that was super important. They also um, started like a... a Facebook page. They had a website. The website when I checked last wasn't working, but it's kind of for um for victim advocacy type type of website. So, but on their Facebook page, you look at it and you'll see like missing people. So they're constantly posting on that, just kind of um keeping the world updated on people who've gone missing. So, it's really neat if you haven't I will try to link that page if you haven't seen it before so you can kind of go over there and give them a like and support them. But I think it's just wonderful what they're doing to try to make Mackenzie's tragedy into something that is, you know, I don't know, just, you can't make it better, but you can help other people with tragedies. And I think that that's like super important when you have something bad that happens, that you can use it as a chance to help other people. So uh, I'm sure that there's a whole lot more to this case that will like, come to me if you have things that you thought were interesting about the case please drop them in the comments because I love hearing what you guys have to say about things like that I love these kinds of discussions I think it's so interesting I love to hear how people analyze things and 
like I may not even seen that. Like I may not have even thought about that in something somebody says and then it's like, oh my gosh. So I love hearing those things because it's, it's just interesting to me. So anyways, thank you for coming to my little discussion and I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. Have a good night.